evening at the Sydney Cricket Ground. What a shot under pressure. This is where gold, the best kind of gold. What a legend. What a champion. Very, very special baby. episode. It's a Cricket World Cup special and no spoilers, we've gone and won another one. Oh, Mace, oh. we are on a hard out and a limited overs pod in shoes, oh. so let's get into it. Yep, yep, yep. We are sponsored, as always, by mintsports, mintsports.com.au. Head on over the there, click some buttons and get your eyeballs invested. Let us pray. Let us pray. Let us pray. Let us pray that someone turns down Matthew Hayden. Mm. You're at about an 11, Haydos. We need you at about a mute. <laughs> With his pink fucking cowboy hat. So embarrassing. Let us pray that everyone invested heavily in Indian kerosene stocks. I know I did, so cue those effigies, guys. And <laughs> let us pray yeah. that the Aussie cricket team are eventually allowed to join Pat Cummins on stage to lift that trophy. <laughs> Waiting. Awkward much. <laughs> Waiting, not now. In the name of... In the name of... Alan Border, Steve, Steve War, Ricky Ponting, Ponting. Michael, Michael Bevan. Whoa, Michael, sorry. Whoa, Michael well, I like Bevan. Michael Bevan. Like him. Why not? Him too. <laughs> Fuck it. Hey. Michael, Michael Clark. Clark. Don't punch on with me. And, and Patrick Pat Cummins. James Cummins. Cummins. Full name, Patrick James Cummins. Ah, pen. We'll have a bowl, thanks. We are in the biggest coliseum in the world. It's the gigantic Narendra Modi Stadium. And it is the World Cup final. Hit. A spin. What's it, Andy? Hit. You won the toss. What have you decided? We're going to have a bowl first. Any particular reason? Then they would have gone crazy, whatever I said. So there you go. Breaking news. Lunchtime. Narendra Modi Stadium. Australia have won the toss. And they've decided to bowl first. Meso, a week yeah. is a long time in life. A World Cup is an eternity in sport. You been up to much? Nothing, mate. Just watching cricket, you? Absolutely nothing. Let's get into it. The 2023 Cricket World Cup has been run and won by none other than perennial celebrators, Straya. Oh. And as you can tell, we are pressed for time. This will be a limited overs episode, so how about I just oh, yeah, up the run rate and get us off to a flyer by charging down the deck and running through the entire campaign quickly. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Righto. Well, it was a tournament that in many ways mirrored 1999. We don't just lose the opening two games against eventual finalists, India and South Africa. We get royally obliterated. Our fielding in particular was abysmal. The best fielding teams often win big tournaments, Mace, and we look like we couldn't catch COVID at a 2020 anti-vax swingers party. <laughs> I do regret attending that party. Pat and the selectors drop Alex Carey. Bizarrely, after just one game, they put in Josh Inglis. That adds to the ever-growing rumblings around selection queries. Ashton Agar was injured pre-tournament, so we only go in with one mm. frontline spinner in Adam Zampa. Surely... That's a mistake. We have a Warwick Todd impersonator in the squad who's watching from his couch in Adelaide, his hand heavily bandaged. I'm no student of the game, but I'm tipping it's tough to win matches from another hemisphere. Doing, selectors. Doing. And murmurs around our skipper begin to bubble up once again. Can Pat Cummins captain? Is Pat Cummins even in our best 11? That woke bastard, I bet he supplied the goddamn sandpaper. It's pretty much must win from there on out, maybe with the leeway of one more loss, thanks to Afghanistan creating upsets and England being gloriously, utterly shit. Welcome back to your reality, England. Time to check those dictionary <laughs> definitions, guys. Basball. See void. Moral victory. See desperate figment of the meek. Oh, Suck it. We take on Suck Sri Lanka it, in Game 3, and it's the same old story. They get off to a flyer, and at none for 125, the knives are out, and the armchair experts, the nation over, a bang for blood. Then, 
the turning point of the tournament for this Flinty narrator. David Warner steams in from the deep in typical fashion. He covers more ground than Maria Rasmus's hotel room jocks and takes a superb diving <laughs> outfield catch. None for 125 ends up the Lankins. All out 209. Does it reek of a bookmaker? Who cares? The campaign is underway. Wins against Pakistan and the Netherlands follow. Who are the Dutch? In the, pros- in the process, Dave Warner adds two more World Cup tons to his CV. He now has six. Six. Marsh and Maxwell both crack centuries as well, while Marnus and Steve secure half tons. Adam Zampa, our lone spinner with the weight of wicket-taking and run-strangling upon his shoulders, plucks eight wickets in two games at under four and over. Momentum building. But now we take on a red-hot Kiwi outfit. Travis, empty head, is off the couch, and the fly-catching, mouth-breathing, compulsive-cutting Warwick Todd impersonator is flown straight into the Dharmasala maelstrom. He duly tons up, and Australia narrowly defend 3-8-8 in one of the games of the tournament. Zampa takes three. We're back in form and looking like semis are on the cards. So, we play some golf to relax. Glenn and I find odd ways to scupper my career through injury. Maxwell falls off the back of a golf cart and gets knocked the fuck out. Quintessential big show. You gotta love him. He's out for the next game against the old enemy, England. The Poms chip away at us and keep the good guys to a total of 2-8-6. Zampa making his top score of 29. Maxi's replacement, Cam Green, top scores with 47. Depth wins tournaments, as does fielding. All 10 of the void moral victors. Wickets were catches. 10 catches taken by the Aussies. Exemplary Mm. in the field. Zampa takes three. We are charging. Then... It happens, Mace. The moment the casual observer sleepily keeping a half-open peeper on the tournament springs to life. Couchside back home. We take on Afghanistan. A win will secure a semi-final berth. Chasing 292 for victory, the gold-shirted good guys stutter, shitting the proverbial bed and rolling around in it, only to awake, covered in the gooey stuff, at a deep brown nut-laden smear. <laughs> nut-laden spear. <laughs> smear of four for 49. Nut-laden spear. I love a nut-laden spear. <laughs> When the concussed one arrives at the crease to face a hat-trick ball. It's reviewed, it's a hat-trick, but no, a faint edge, and the golf cart kid survives. Things get worse as those around him continue staining the sheets. Golf cart kid! The satin, the pillowcase, the four-inch fold, there's fecal everywhere, from the bedhead all the way down to the toes at 7 for 91. Still 200 needed. Set the spin cycle to deep stain and go to bed, guys. But then... (laughs) The Bonsnock man is joined by Captain Pat. Remember him? He's not even in our best 11. Bowlers can't captain. That woke bastard shouldn't have wasted his carbon footprint flying to India. Pretty Pat drops anchor as Glenn Brain Contusion Maxwell does the impossible, manufacturing <laughs> hands down the single greatest innings in ODI history. Oh. He smacks, slaps, squirts and sides Australia to victory, imperiously reaching 201 not out in the process. Oh. A knock of sheer gall willpower and audacity that saw 21 boundaries, 10 sixes and the use of just one leg. The lactic acid cramping his style, worse than a parent chaperoning your first date at the drive-in. <laughs> Mum, at least sit in the back. The man with the grey matter splatter and the skipper, who can't captain and isn't even in our best 11, guys, both remain unbeaten. The momentum is real, the nation believes, and junior cricket coaches the land over rue their entire under-12s, insisting on arriving to Tuesday Arvo training via the back of a high-speed golf cart before audaciously setting the bowling machine to Sean Tate on meth and reverse-hooking their sleep deprivation away. (laughs) The country's eyes are open, the tournament's alive, the belief is real, it is happening. The last group game against Bangladesh sees Maxi rewarded with the knees up. No golf, please, Glenn. A comfortable victory over the Tigers in shoes. <laughs> Mana snatches two catches and a brace of runouts. Praise be to our Lord and Saviour, Almighty God above. <laughs> or at least to Andre Borovec, the team's fielding coach. Mitch Marsh whacks an incredible 177 not out that absolutely no one will ever remember. Thanks to the Concussion Kids' previous game's heroics, <laughs> it's semi-final time and the five-time World Cup winners take on a team that have never made it to the last game of a major tournament. Death, taxes, Timmy Cahill's forehead and the Saffers losing a semi. Book it! For those struggling to adjust to daylight savings time, simply wait for a major cricket tournament and promptly set your watch to South Africa faltering at the penultimate hurdle. (laughs) History is against the anthem kneelers and our fielding is swarming. We're back at that anti-vaxxers swingers party and this time we could catch AIDS wanking. Everything is going in the mitts. We do not give the perennial chokers an inch. Our openers finally make power plate inroads and reduce the Proteus to four for 24. It's shades of 2007 back at St. Lucia, paging Dr. Heimlich. (laughs) 
Let's hope he bulk bills in Krugerrand. David Miller temporarily forgets he owns a South African passport and somehow tons up, leaving the Aussies with a highly achievable chase of 213. Sound familiar? Yep. That is precisely the total Tuggers troops defended against the tight top buttons back no in 99. Way. You heard me, mate. Amazing. We're blot for 60, just six sets in, and the strippers are getting pruned skin. They've been in the spa since the toss, <laughs> but we make hard work of it, eventually limping over the line, seven down. Who's at the crease with Mitch Stark? You guessed it, Captain Pat Cummins. Is he even in our best 11? And so we're back where the tournament began. It's India v Australia. It's the World Cup final time, Meso. Do you want to talk about it? Oh, my God. Well said. Well said. Sorry, you cut out after here's how we went in the tournament. <laughs> what happened? I blacked up. That was interesting. <laughs> Thank you very much. Bravo, Sonny. Listen, well, I don't really know where to start, but my takeaway from this whole World Cup, which was a fantastic World Cup, mm. especially the, the big boys won it, <laughs> was... The F word, and it's called fielding. Love it. Love where your head's at. I want to start with fielding, if we can. This was mm-hmm. a fantastic display, especially in those last two games, how important absolutely fielding is to all those little boys and girls learning how to play cricket. You better make sure you're a good fielder yep. because that is the most important part of cricket. That you will ever need. Well, you can always influence the game. You can get a duck and not bowl, but you can influence the game in the field, can't you? Absolutely incredible. I, I actually think Warner. Oh. Warner was the barometer in the field. He set the tone. He, for me, was our most important player this whole tournament. I think he was that important to this team. Interesting. I like it. Consistent at the top. Great in the field. He was sensational. We kept the Indians... To nearly an hour. Two. Without a bloody boundary. Two hours. Mate, they hit four <gasps> boundaries after the power play. Four. That's insane. Unbelievable. The fielding, Sonny. The fielding. But let's... Should we should we start at the top? We'll start at the start top at with the top. Paddy. Let's start at the top. Let's start at the top. Oh. Because we have the toss, and <laughs> he wins the toss and decides to bowl. <sighs> Everyone's scratching their head. If we lose this game, that decision stays with him for life. That's part of his legacy. It's Nasser insane at the Gabba at Surav Ganguly 2003. And while there's obviously input from the coaching staff, it rests on his shoulders. The blame would have been on his shoulders. So too, the credit must also lie with Pat by making that decision. Pat! And then he's bowling. Two for 34 off 10. Not a single boundary. Not one four hit from him. In the entire oh innings, God. his calm captaincy, and he made 22 bowling changes. 22. Incredible. Listen, when I think of the word pat, mm. pat, P-A-T. Thank you. I was wondering how. Oh, you know what? Wonder, I thought there was a silent B in there. I think I was spelling pabst. So thirsty. How annoying is that word, by the way? Pabst. Pabst. You like pabst? Oh. What are we doing there? Make me feel more drunk when I order one. <laughs> I get a can of Pabst. You've had enough, mate. I didn't even have one. No, no, I swear. I haven't. Listen, Pat, P-A-T. You know what that stands for, Sonny? Pretty intonacious. You know what that stands for? Perfection, affection, and trejection. This is what this man... <laughs> okay. Trejection? Let, me, is that what let you said? me run through... Perfection and trejection? Perfection... Affection and trajection. Say that three times. <laughs> I don't think I want to say it once. Are you saying trajection? Are you saying lanolin like sheep's wool? What is it? Lanolin? Lanolin like sheep's wool? Trajectory? Trajection? That's got to be a word, isn't it? Yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> Can I get the language of origin, please? Well, you've got a trajectory, so if you've got trajection, I guess yeah. you're sort of launching something, well, aren't if you? You're lo- yeah, and this is what Pat is. Have you been reading the dictionary <laughs> under Basball? <laughs> Listen, Pat, perfection, affection, trajection. Perfection. Gotcha. He's just the ultimate team man. Yep. He is calm, respectful, gentle, and graceful. Tough and stern when needed. You can't get a better captain. And I won't hear anything different, Sonny. I said to you before the final, (laughs) 
I said to you, I'm backing Pat. Yep. I'm backing him. He's my man. He's no one else's. He's not even yours, mate. He's mine. <laughs> you own him. Crikey. I just sort of, one day I was just sitting at home and I thought, how are we going to go on this final? And I just thought, mate, we have, for me at the moment, the best captain in sport. He couldn't be more of a leader for me. I think he's the perfect captain you could have. Measured, kind, super competitive. He is perfection personified. Yeah. You sound like you're quite protective. It's protective, aroused, and tense for you. You're really going at him. Now, affection. Yeah. I'm sexually invested in him. I am sexually invested. <laughs> and I'm not even going to lie. I'm just admitting it. No, I I'm not can tell lie. that. Maybe start lying. The war hero eyes. Yeah, he does have war hero eyes. His eyes would come out blue in a black and white photo. Oh, I didn't know peaches grew in India. They do. That little ass on him, that little tush. Yeah. Coming in, flying in. You could crack eggs off it. Oh, you could crack eggs off it. This man is a hunk. A hunk. <laughs> not to objectify athletes. For all yeah, those no, athletes no, out no. there, don't worry. Not Definitely to objectify not. them. I know Definitely we only do not. it to the blokes and we extol the virtues of the Matildas. We're not just doing That's physicality right. here. That's it's right. Get cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> Trajection, Sonny. Talk to me. I'm more interested in this one, yeah. Trajection. Is that you in the downstairs department? Is the flute pointing north? <laughs> That's not a bad point. The trajection of this man. Yep. There is more to come with this man. That's right. There are more trophies. There is more success. Yep. He is not old. He is in his prime. That's right. Success he's had now leads to more and more, Sonny. P-A-T. P-A-T, I like it, mate. Yeah. Protective, aroused, intense. Pat's legacy, <laughs> you're right. Because yeah. he made his test debut, his player of the match, and hit the winning runs in South Africa. He then suffers significant oh. back injuries and doesn't play for years. And we think, oh, okay, he was just a child prodigy. He's then a skipper. He's at the crease during an Ashes win. He's there with Maxi and their monstrous partnership. He's now won two ODI World Cups, a T20 World Cup, the World Test Championship. He's retained the Ashes overseas. He's done it with that calmness that you spoke about. Love it. He had to take the job overnight after the departure of Timmy Dick Pick Payne. <laughs> he's only 30 years old. Mate, he's a pup. So I can't wait to see where it goes. He's a young chook. He's an all-time great already, but let's see where it goes. And this was an absolute modern-day rope-a-dope. It's a bat-first World Cup, and we just... Put the squeeze on them from the get-go. Oh. You're right, Pat is an inspiration to all the young girls out there playing cricket. Oh, oh boys! Oh, boys! I nearly got us cancelled again. Jumping ahead, but I wish he'd brought himself out to hit the winning runs. That's the only thing I was missing in that final. No pads. Just walk out. No bat. Just walk out nude. Just a straight drive with his SS turbo of a flaccid wang and his two crunchy peaches. Just get it out, get everything out, get it all out. Just pads. I just want him in pads. Nude and pads. Just nude and pads? Like Daffy Duck style, but cricket. Yeah, no box, just nude, pads. I just can't get enough of it. I just... I can tell. <laughs> just Do you need a moment? Pat! Pat! It's Pat! It's my boy, Pat! I love him to death. A lot of people say, what's that? It's Pat... I want Pat's peaches, <laughs> Pat's peaches for me. I want Pat's peaches. Get into the game itself a bit. Yeah, let's get into the game. Fantastic game. So, great game. I mean, they got off to a flyer at 1 for 76. They're absolutely cruising. Then Rowett splices one off the concussion kid. And heads catch. He turns, sprints. Unbelievable. Takes the sort of diving screamer that is normally best reserved for California games two on the Frisbee. Yeah. (laughs) Remember that moment in your life where you realise if you ran one way off the screen, you could actually dive in, pop out on the other side. That was great. Under pressure, you will ever see. My goodness gracious me. 
That is one of the great catches. One of the great catches. But earlier, to your point about fielding earlier, at about number 18, head absolutely steams in, charges in off the rope to attempt a catch that he was never going to get. He doesn't get there, but it saves four and it sets the tone. Short man out there. Will it carry? No. Does really well to stop the boundary. He runs in. Like a bloke at the bar when it's free piss until the first goal of the grand final or something. You know, they have those offers. Just dove in. Unbelievable. 15 schooners of Drambuie. Stat. I don't know what he drinks, but it'd be something weird. 15 schooies of Drambuie isn't a bad horse name as well, actually, just quietly. But anyway, (laughs) that's just a side side musing. brilliant. There was just a force field around it, wasn't there? Just a green and gold force field. It was. There's 11 sheepdogs out there. Hurting everything. Living <laughs> sheepdogs, not letting anything through. And when he takes that catch, the silence after that catch was a real sort of portent of the eeriness to come because mm. a big crowd is one thing when it's in your favour, but gee, it can be a disadvantage when it's not. You see it sometimes in football, like at the Bernabeu or something, if Real Madrid concede early, it gets tense. Ooh. This, so I mean, I, I, that silence was replaced by the roar for Coley's interest pretty swiftly, but. One of the great things we did was take regular wickets and continually shut them up. We did. They were dejected. We spat in their faces and shut them up the whole game. Wait, shut your mouth. Shut, shut, your, shut your mouth. I, oh, I, I think we've had enough Shut, shut for here. one second. Shut, 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 shut your mouth. I needed someone Wait, to shut your mouth. The... Shut, shut, your, shut your mouth. I'm sorry? What did You're you just say? You're just coming off stupid. You know what else, though? They kept banging on about, oh, it was 120,000, 130,000. Cheers. It was 93,000. Fizzer. 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 Absolute fizzer. Look up finals of fizzer. Never had 130 in there. They kept banging on about it. They were probably counting the effigies. No, they're all cardboard cutouts of the players in case things go awry. It's India. It's fucking. Just throw anyone in there. There's probably people just standing around living next to the stadium, as there is in the footage when they do the drone shots. Fair house. Imagine just sitting in bed. Can you keep it down, 92,000 people above me? <laughs> what the fuck? Fair real estate. Yeah, no, we're just going to put a stadium in here. Oh, how big is it? No, not too big. No, nah, nah, you'll be big. right. You'll be right. Can we get an inspection? Yeah, can you come before 120? Because uh, uh, they're just doing something next door. We don't want to... So it's like when you look at a house and there's a railway line and they go, yeah, could you come... Uh, between 112 and 129. But is that a huge stadium? Yeah, yeah, you get used to the noise. You get used to it. Yeah, yeah you do. You get used to it after a few years. You, won't even you wouldn't it. even notice it. After a while, you don't even notice it. I like the idea of like someone who lives there getting the day wrong and not realising, thinking the final's the next day. And there's a roar next door. He's like, oh, you've got to be joking. It's going to mow the non-existent lawn. I'll tell you one thing. That stadium, I don't know, just to me, it didn't look as big as the G. Every time I looked at it, I'm thinking, how is there 130 in well, there? Well, it's just about identical. I should get the numbers, but it was within a matter of about 100, I reckon. The crowd attendance was the same as the G in 2015 when we won it against New Zealand. Oh, right. So yeah. Okay. for all the pomp and ceremony, it was actually bang on. Who's doing the crowd estimates? Donald Trump. Oh. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Our crowds are the greatest. No one has a bigger crowd than us. Some are saying it's too big. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Cricket, <laughs> India, in India, they couldn't sell it out. What, how, who do they fucking need there? Kamal live or something? What, how are they going to sell this thing out? Yeah, Kamal's got big pulling power, actually. <laughs> when Coley's not in, they make sure Kamal's first drop. Just the sex show from Sachin on stage. That'll sell it out. <laughs> That's the only way they'll sell the stadium out. Sachin. What would his sex show be called? Sachin Tenduk, Tendik. In ya. Session ten dick in ya. Oh. What about like he's having sex with a car and it's like a tender <laughs> lick of a car? I don't know. Maybe just keep it simple like Sachin stroking one through the covers. Yeah, and it's just him yeah, rubbing yeah, one yeah, out yeah, in bed. Yeah, yeah, that's what would sell it out. We know what's going on. We're down with India. We know what's happening there. <laughs> you said something about me. Not at all. I was sitting here and all of a sudden my voice, just my mouth changed and, and I suddenly said... How are you, Kamal? It's nice to see you here. Why are people so unkind? Pivotal moment. They're three for 148. Captain yep. Pat gets one to kick. Coley chops on. 
pretty surprised he didn't review it, old Virat. He just stood at, looking at the pitch and then at square leg. I'm like, mate, the oh, bales are off. Left leg, right leg, your body will follow. What was he doing? Didn't you hear the tears in the crowd as he went out? Mate. Someone was cooking onion bargies in the fucking crowd. Major onion bargies across the nation. Onion bargies everywhere. The tears that were flowing. The Ganges. The Ganges was jealous. <laughs> the Ganges was jealous with the stream of tears when Virat went out. Mate, oh. I saw people outside the stadium actually cleaning their clothes by beating them on the tears of others. It was amazing. I couldn't believe it. Do the voice, 130,000. Do the underwater voice. No, but we were at the Mighty Vic Hotel up the Vic Fuck the Rest watching it and good friend of the podcast, but just kept trying to inflate the stats for our entertainment. 130,000 there. Yeah, that's 1.3 billion Indians. And then by the end of it, it was 2.6 billion eyes are crying now. Oh, like I really enjoyed yeah, the, really the level enjoyed. of I their disappointment. Thoroughly enjoyed Indians crying and being sad. I don't know why, because they're so happy. They need a bit of a reality check. Life is Well, hard. no, you know what it is? I don't, I don't like to blow out someone else's candle to make mine burn brighter. It's just that the entire tournament was this propaganda machine where it mm. was tailor-made for India to show off to the rest of the world how good their crowds are because there was no foreign spectators. The decks were doctored to their advantage. And if they'd gone on and won it, it's just a huge propaganda machine and what have we done with the last two months of our lives? Our pen. So if it was anyone but England in the final, I'd be going for that team. Mm. I did not want them to win this for a lot of reasons. But on Virat, mate. Dead said, how good is the rat? Like, he got... Love him. I think like, that was his ninth half century of the tournament. He gets a World Cup 50, and I was dancing around the bar, threatening to get nude, celebrating like it's a failure. Unbelievable player. You beauty. We got him for 52. I mean, I'd love to fail like that in my life. Big, big fan of Virat. Big, big fan. I'm a big fan of the Indian team, actually, to be honest with you. I oh, yeah? They're very talented, but I agree, yeah, we deserved it. We deserved to beat the bad guys. They were the bad guys. I'm the bad guy? The runs start to dry up. We suffocate them with our fielding and our bowling, our slow ball bounces. The reverse swing comes into play. The bloody multitude of bowling changes. They just couldn't get into a rhythm. I reckon Pretty Pat would have changed bowlers mid-over if he could. There's over two hours where they don't hit the rope. India at home. It's astonishing. Only four boundaries, like I mentioned, after the power play. That is just nuts. Raul, I think, went into his shell a bit too much. I know it's hindsight, but even at the time, you're thinking, this isn't hurting us. Keep knocking it round. But I feel like he had to yeah. protect the tail a bit. Their bowlers hadn't had to bat all tournament, but he was just too meek. I feel like they were a bit confused in that whole little session there where they were just knocking it around. They just... Rope-a-doped. Really rope-a-doped. Rope-a-doped the, big time. Really confused. Too many, too many answers. They had too many answers. Not sure which one to go with kind of mentality. But I think they really were poor in that whole bit. People with... A couple of commentators were saying it's a good thing. They're getting their eye in... They're getting some feel. They're getting some touch. I thought, no, they got to start moving here. they got to start moving. And then when they end up posting 240, I mean, I was a little bit too bullish, yeah. I think, in hindsight. I don't want to be a hindsight Harry here, but I was kind of confident going into this. Not confident we'd win it, but I thought we were a chance. Like the South African game sold me on my confidence for us. Well, I just figure a big game player can win it for you. I also liked the idea, again, not trying to sound like a bloody whatever, fuckwit. I don't mind the idea of chasing because when you bat first, you don't know what a good score is. So we might push it too hard and end up going for 400 when 280 would have done. And batting second, we can let our top three just throw the bat at it. We've got the stability of Smith and Marnus to then steady the ship if need be with hitting afterwards. So I was kind of always confident with 240. So you're telling me there's a chance... Yeah! Let's get into our innings then, because they choose not to open with Siraj for the first time all tournament, and it's swinging around corners. Warner immediately nicks the first one between slips. Away we go. Immediate swing, edge, the two slips. Say it's yours, it's yours. Neither goes for it. It's swung, and it goes to the rope. Again, fielding, Mace. 
setting the tone. Oh, yeah. Defense wins championships, my friend. We've got blokes charging in to take 15 skewies of Drambuie on the goatee, and they're missing early chances through the cordon. <laughs> Jesus. I reckon I might have drunk 15 uh, skewies of Drambuie at the Vic, just quietly. Getting, I'm getting thirsty. And what's with the Indian, the hot Indian women camera shots? Oh, plants. Plants. Constant. It's just absolute. Do you reckon there's around the world, sport in general, but cricket because of the five-day element in the sun, do you think when they're auditioning camera operators, they go, righto, we need you to be able to do a good follow of the ball. Yep, okay. If you're behind the stumps, we need a pretty level here for Hawkeye and everything. <laughs> now, spot three glamours in the change of overs. Oh, Jesus. I'm sorry, you are like the greatest camera operator of all time, but you've got really bad taste in somewhat attainable hot chicks for people watching at two in the morning. 100% part of the exam. We also need you to take the rap for anything warning yells out. I stand behind the camera for six hours during the day, film the cricket, and it's just a comment that I'll say to another cameraman standing right next to me, and an effects mic has picked it up. I know it's upset you, mate. Um... I apologise. 15 skewers of Drampuey on the inside. I'm shit-faced and I've lost my job. It's all over. 15 skewers of Drampuey stumbles home in a staggering time of 6am Monday morning. Smith gets out at 3 for 47. That's when the crowd finds its voice again. And it's a bit of, okay. Hot chicks. Cut to hot chicks. Cut to the Trump. There's a squillion people here. They all love me. Biggest crowd ever. No one's ever seen a bigger crowd. Yeah. It looked like a million, million and a half people. They showed a field where there were practically nobody standing there. And it said we drew 250,000 people. Now, that's not bad, but it's a lie. We had 250,000 people literally around, you know, in the little bowl that we constructed. That was 250,000 people. It looked, honestly, it looked like a million and a half people. Whatever it was, it was. I joked about Coley not reviewing being bold, but... I'm still genuinely stunned that Smith didn't review his LB. Mm. Like he's our best bat potentially and reviews everything. Maybe he was frazzled. Yeah. Maybe it was the occasion or the crowd, but I was just shocked he didn't go upstairs. That was a strange one. Yeah, so yeah, when that yeah, was absolutely. not out, he, yeah. he was already off yeah. the ground. I thought, oh. Yeah. So again, this is the sliding doors moment, right? We lose that game. It's Paddy's an idiot. We shouldn't have bowled first. Smith. Yep. Didn't do anything all tournament. Yeah. Doesn't review when yep. he's not out. I mean, winning yep. papers over all the cracks and if buts and maybes don't make a champion and all those sort of hoopla adages. But these fine moments are when legacies are made and now no one will remember that LB. And it's thanks a lot to the tactic of going hard early, knowing what we require, thanks to the bold choice of bowling first. We're well above the rate. So Head and Manus are at the crease and lesser intelligent cricketers would potentially shit the bed and panic with the crowd noise and all the rest of it. Let's talk about heads knock, yep. shall we? Oh, my God. His gear changes <sighs> were sensational. He was scratchy early, went hard. As soon as he and Marnus came in, he acknowledged, okay, this isn't beyond us. We're ahead of the rate. We only need four and over. Let's just knock it round. What he did amazingly mm. was take boundaries and sixes off the first ball of the mm. over. He did it about seven times. Throughout that innings, every few overs, bang, first ball. Mm. And that just alleviates all pressure. That's our run rate for that over. All right, no worries. Get a good ball, mm. let it go. And other things helped us. Like when Manus came to the crease, it wasn't his first scoring shot, but he was none off about four. Crowd going ballistic. Mm. He lets one go, shoulders, arms, and it just goes straight through the keeper. Four buys. Unbelievable. That's the sort of stuff we weren't doing. Inglis yeah. was amazing behind the stumps for right. us. He was incredible, Inglis. It takes the pressure right off when they bat in that partnership, and that's when they took the crowd out of it and they nullified it. Travis Emptyhead, the Warwick Todd impersonator himself, has this for a year of cricket. After losing his contract, what, a year ago? Unbelievable. Player of the match in the World Test Championship final. Player of the semi-final in a World Cup. Player of the final in a World Cup. And best on ground in the piss-up celebrations. Unbelievable. An Australian hero. That is unbelievable stats right there. That is a quality cricket player. Yes! Calls through for a single. Needs to hurry. A hundred for Travis Head on the biggest of stages. He joins the legends. Ponting and Gilchrist. As an Australian to make a hundred in the World Cup final. 
I actually genuinely, as much as everyone loves him and is now aware, like I used to go, oh, he's a compulsive cutter. I don't think he'll make it in test cricket. Forget the rest of the stats. I don't think anyone will ever be man of the match in a world test championship final and man of the match in a world cup final same year. Because the, the law of averages, you've got to somehow both be in it. Yeah. And yeah. you're probably not going to be a superstar one day player in a test cricket. Like, I got a Bonk. weird yeah, feeling right. that we probably that's won't, right. depending on how his career pans out. He might be one of those players that we look back at and go, "Shit, did we have two gillies? Like, do we do we not realise what we were watching at the time? Because he is a big, big match winner oh, for this country. Absolutely, he just looks so confident and free. It's so easy when there's just tumbleweeds and donkeys with flies around their noggin in between He's your ears. Empty as there is nothing. It's so easy. It's hard to overthink something when you can't underthink it. It's brilliant the way he moves, the way he looks. It's, he's a special player, that's for sure. He's so good to watch. He's special in-, in the way that you donate money to them as children <laughs> or special in like a... Both. <laughs> it's so simple. Another one that will go by the by a little bit that shouldn't is Marnus's knock. Great knock. It was pure Morse code. It was just dot, dot, one, dot, dot, one. I don't know what it says in Morse code. Welcome to the singles club or something. But he was perfect. The perfect foil. He was. Marnus and Steve, I thought that was their roles, this whole tournament was to... 100%. And I thought that the, the selection was... Selection or tournament was incredible. Well, let's have a chat about that because massive, yeah. massive collective effort when you win a World Cup. And one thing I really loved was in the celebrations eventually, when the team run out, you've got blokes like Abbott, Green, Carey, guys have either been on the fringe or been dropped. Couldn't have looked like they could have been happier. They were so into it, Right. And then you think about all the backroom staff and it's just not just pencil pushing. The selectors for this tournament, Marnus wasn't even in the squad until the Saffa series, so it's probably on him Mm. because he then plays 19 ODIs in a row. He found out at about 10.20 that night, the night before the final that he was in. So he had no idea. He's Mm. basically spent the whole tournament waiting to be tapped on the shoulder. They choose him and he (laughs) goes a long way to winning it for us with the bat. They kept head in the squad... Despite injury, meaning he wasn't even in the country for half the tournament. He was at home, and he wins yeah. us the World Cup. They left Zampa as the sole spinner. He ends up in the team of the tournament, 23 wickets at 5.3 and over. He was fantastic. Equaled Morelli's record for most wickets by a spinner and Incredible. got the record for most wickets by a spinner who doesn't chuck it. They bring in Inglis for Carey. He takes a record five yeah. catches in the final, and apparently... Alex Carey, fantastic around the rooms, very encouraging. The team atmosphere is amazing. So shout out to all the fucking selectors and the coaches. What a great effort. Oh, great effort. We just look so calm and confident. We peaked at the right time, played our best cricket in the most important two games. So let's finish it off then. Head falls just short. It's a shame he didn't hit the winning runs, but at least he got that yep. solo walk and ovation from his teammates. And here we go. He's taken in the deep. And unfortunately, he's got to leave and can't hit the winning runs for his team. Soak it all in, Travis said. Never forget this moment. They don't come around too often in your career. Well played, young man. The golf cart concussion yeah. kid swipes the winning runs and it's cue the effigies. <laughs> I love how defeated Ravi Shastri was in commentary. Like He almost forgets oh. to commentate. <laughs> It's silent and the ball goes out and in my head I'm like, uh, so we've just won the World Cup, have we? And he finally talks. Sad. Hey, Ravi, you're on the air. Oh, my God. Bang. He'll come back for two. And Australia win the World Cup for the sixth time and in front of 120,000 people. They've upstaged the home team in magnificent fashion. It was a celebration to remember. I've never been so satisfied. I remember Ian Smith, when the Kiwis lost in a super over four years ago, he had to commentate that and did a pretty decent job of it. It's not as if Ravi didn't have time to prep himself with a handful of runs remaining. Yeah, respect to Ian Smith this whole World Cup. He was great, this World Cup. Definitely. I mean, he kind of timestamps that sensational Maxwell moment. Let's finish the game and then have a quick minute on Maxwell. Post-game, we've won it. We've got to mention the most awkward... I mean, there's been a lot of awkward trophy presentations over the years, but this is right up there, my friend. Right up there. When you didn't know what was going on, though, it was like the Aussies were blanking Pat. He's up there on the stage by himself with the trophy. They're just leaving him out there like, fair no, mates. (laughs) 
Nah, it was all supposed to happen. Pat needed his moment. His moment with the fireworks going. That was Pat's moment. Would have been amazing if he owned it and just held it up. Like, yeah! Instead of doing the right thing and waiting for his teammates. He's like, nah, this is for me. Woo! I'm a great captain. Fuck you. I would have loved that. Just think he, it was meant to be that little moment for him. And wasn't he gracious up there? Not knowing what the fuck to do for 30 seconds. <laughs> Scratching his nose. Looking down at his shoes. Looking back up. Smiling. <laughs> P-A-T, mate. Projection, affection, trajection. So for anyone who didn't see it, it's David Brent levels of awkwardness because they hand him the trophy and Modi walks off stage, but instead of just letting the players come up and celebrate, they cue the fireworks and then Modi forces all the players to shake his hand off stage and the camera doesn't really cut to them, so you don't know what's going on. They eventually show them shaking hands and they couldn't want to be doing it any less. They're seeing their captain with the trophy on the stage. Oh, just get the fuck out of me way, you old Indian bastard. He was a bit he's got a bit of the Bidens about him, old Modi. Bit of Biden about him. He's not a spring chook, but they were shaking his hand the way that I'd dismiss someone like reading me the cocktail specials. Uh-huh. Yep. <clears throat> oh yeah. Cool. Um, whatever, man. Whatever. Get on with it. Can I have a beer while you're reading it? Come on. Fuck. Hey, very quickly, speaking of awkward, they're scheduled to play a 2020 yeah. tonight, Mace. Australia versus India. What do you think of that scheduling? That's one of the greatest schedules I've ever heard of. Where we can just dance. Nudity in the 11. I reckon they should send out the support stuff. 2020. Like, absolutely take the piss. Just oh, open yeah. with the physio and the media Who manager. Gives a f- <laughs> Maybe Divanudo can shore it up at first drop, but that's it. Macca bowling, Ron in bowling, that'd be fantastic. Actually, no, win the toss and bat and just declare. Don't even face a ball. Sit down and have a few cans. <laughs> or all just get all 11 to be timed out, Angelo Matthews style. Just sit there with a dodgy strap on your helmet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, poor Angelo. That's it, though. Who are the money-hungry nincompoops scheduling this bloody malarkey? Because I'm still hungover. Oh. Imagine the Aussies. They're going to play, are they? <laughs> they should be on an open bus bloody tour acting like galoots down Burke Street. Not giving a shit about the T20. Oh, come on. Come on. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. There's got to be an investigation into this. This has got to be... Someone's got to be accountable for this. Yeah, we probably do need to talk about Maxwell. I know that was, was, you know, a few weeks ago, but have you seen A Better Knock? Did you watch it? No. I didn't watch it. I watched the highlights the next day, and all I could do was laugh. It's the funniest highlights. Mate, it's amazing you say that, because I was watching it live, and I was cackling... Because with about 70 to get, I'm like, <laughs> we're going to fucking Unbelievable. win this. He's going to win this. It's insane. It was dead set like a game of shame-worn cricket on PlayStation where someone's gone to get the Chinese takeout yeah. and left the ball on beach ball mode or something. It was actually, it was ineffable. I, I can't put words to it, which is not great for podcasting, so we probably won't put this in. <laughs> he couldn't move his legs. He couldn't move. He's like Quinton. He could not move. He didn't have any. He was just standing there. Quinton de Kock, you've been usurped as the main Quinton in cricket. Unbelievable the way he was digging him out. So he was Quinton and Cummins was Ray Martin at the other end? He was. <laughs> That's right. Ray's little friend got it done. Don't insult Pat. <laughs> that knock was uh, otherworldly. Unbelievable. He, the way he went down. Like a sack of cramped potatoes. Is there anything better than someone going down with cramp, though? Like, oh, so insane. Because you know what it is? It's a bit like getting hit in the nuts. It's relatable if you've ever had it. Yeah. And you're glad it's not you, so you laugh. It's the Chardon fraud. But it's also with cramp, you know it's not debilitating. If someone had shot him and he had that reaction, you'd be concerned for his health and you'd be looking for the gunman. But when it's cramp, you're like, <laughs> have a pickle, champ. Oh my god, get the pickles He's ankle cramps And then every muscle in his body cramps So he goes, oh my leg's cramping Like, oh fuck, everything's cramping Oh fuck, oh fuck And has to go into the fish position Oh, is that a position? Put his arms next to himself I don't do Pilates or yoga, I didn't (laughs) realise The fish position We just had to sit in a flapping motion Because he didn't know what to do He didn't know where to go Just in the Indian desert Just as a fish He's in the dinghy Take the photo and put me back in, Rex. Kiss me and put me back in, Rex. 
Mate, you know what else about that knock? Watching it live, I started really fizzing, not for the win and not for Maxie's knock, but for the attitude of what we were doing about 30 or 40 balls in. Not runs, balls. Because pretty Pat, oh. not in our best 11 skipper, Pat. bowlers can't captain, just drops anchor. It's like, righto, I'll face a maiden. Predominantly because Maxie couldn't run because of the cramp. But he also understood, well, there's no point in me just playing yeah. a shot and getting out. I'm yeah. not the bloke who can whack 200. If anyone in the world can do it, it's this cramp merchant up the other end, the concussion kid. What if the concussion kid cramp merchant did have legs? He would have hit a 600. He had fucking 200 with no legs. <laughs> I think you have to stop at their total. No, I'm not too going. sure how it works, but I think you have to stop at their total. That's the other thing is it got to a point, it was such a ludicrous partnership and run chase. I started cheering on no extras. With about 60 or 70 runs to go, I'm like, don't bowl five wides, don't stick. Because every run mm. that was taken away from Maxi's score mm. was away from a potential 200. I did the maths early. I was like, he basically has to score all of them. And Cummins isn't taking runs, so we're laughing. I do not want the Afghanistani bowlers <laughs> to fuck up. No wides, no no balls, no buys. All runs have to mathematically go yeah. to Maxwell to get 200. And then with that last over, when he's still 20 or so away... And he just has a wry grin and has a chat with oh. the cum dog in the middle of the pitch. I'm like, oh, He's this ending. is over. He's ending it. The funny thing is, there's still six overs to go. Who knows what he would have ended up? My on. God, what a man! What a legend! The big show. Oh my goodness me! Where do you get that from? This is not natural. It is far from that. Twenty-six required. Maxwell onto 176 off 114 balls. 24s and seven maximums. 21 required. Maxwell needs 21 for 200. Don't write that off from what we've seen. That's gone way, way back. Way back. Maxwell into the 180s. Well, this is absolutely unbelievable striking. Far enough, is it? Yes, it is by a metre. Maxwell moves into the 190s. Glenn Maxwell goes on to the highest ever score for Australia in one-day cricket. Thrashes that through the offside for four more. They won't stop that either. Maxwell to 195. Australia just need five. Five runs. And you know what's going to happen? A six to bring up 200 and win the game. Everybody here's on their feet. And Maxwell hits it this Can it make it? It does make it! Glenn Maxwell! Unbelievable! The most remarkable thing you'll probably ever see in cricket. Staggering! Absolutely mind-blowing! What a win! And he should not have to walk off the park. He should be carried off. In the debate of whether it's the greatest one-day knock ever, let alone for Australia, but ever, I'm willing to entertain all comers because as Australians, we remember Bevan down the ground, but I think we remember it because of the fact that it was, it was New Year's Day. Yeah. We remember it because it was New Year's Day and everyone was watching and it was a fantastic run chase. I remember him in... South Africa with Andy Bickle when we were about 7 for 37 or so against England having another good knock. Steve War in 99 in the game before the semi is probably the greatest one-day knock I've seen. I didn't see Kapildev or Viv Richards knocks, but if you look at the stats on them and the highlights, it's ludicrous. The shit that Viv did with 175, I think, back then, where that was basically a team total, is insane. So I'm willing to entertain all those arguments. But this was unparalleled on just about every level because whilst we didn't have to win, it's a cure to semi. It was entertaining as fuck. He had every shot in the game. He had cramp. <laughs> it was at a World Cup. <laughs> He'd come back from concussion. <laughs> it was disturbing, the storylines to this stuff. Disturbing. It was 40 degrees. <laughs> it's 40 degrees in the shade and he bowled and fielded the whole time beforehand. Unbelievable. Insane. We'll have a bowl, Insane. thanks. Fuck yeah, you. Fuck you, Pat. The only person who probably doesn't enjoy it is Mitch Marsh because four days later he gets 177 not out. Did he? With seven overs remaining. 
he would have made 260 <laughs> and no one will remember it because one we're already in the semi so it doesn't mean as much but mainly because everyone's still talking about Incredible. Maxwell he was on about 140 and they cut to Maxi in thongs on the sideline I'm like no one gives a shit Mitch <laughs> That's gone. Lofted away over square leg. And 9 6 to Mitch Marsh. Mitch Marsh sees Australia home. The high successful run chase in a World Cup. What a fucking win. What is this? How does, what do you think this goes down as? Is one of the great sporting Australian sporting wins, Sonny Mum? Oh, look. In terms of cricket, it's our greatest white ball moment, for sure. Yeah. 1987, we're the underdogs, we sneak home. It's a crowning moment for AB, but it's a neutral venue against the Poms. 99, still an all-timer, and part of that, I think, is because of my age. I was primed for it, but that also sets us in motion as an unstoppable force in World Cup. So we don't basically lose from the third game of that tournament until 2011. And it had Steve Waugh and Morty's heroics and Herschel dropping the World Cup and the tied semi, but this has to be number one because we're playing a team, like we said, that was that a World Cup that was tailored for them from the outset? Yeah. It was there to favour themselves. There's seemingly no travelling fans. It's just a BCCI tournament for the rest of the world to come and attend so they can beat us. Mm. They're playing mm. on decks doctored for their own Indian advantage. The final was effectively 11 versus 1.3 billion, 2.6 billion Ganji crying eyes with onion bhajis beneath the lids. And they've got all the form players going into it. They're 10 from 10 unbeaten. they got the two top run scorers in Kohli and Rowett. Two of the top four wicket takers in Shami and Bumrah. And then Pat decides to bowl. Pat! You take a snapshot there and go, hey, don't worry, we romp this in. I also love that everyone contributes along the way. It's not just Maxwell producing the greatest ODI knock in history. Everyone at some point has done something. At least 50, at least a few mm. wickets, at mm. least a catch. We peak at mm. the right time, as we always do. We play our best cricket in the World Cup final. It also cements... A handful of players, I reckon, is they're undeniable greats now. You've got multiple World Cup winners, seven of them in there, alongside their T20 World Cup. And, yeah, there's recency bias, but this victory can't be overstated. I don't reckon it's quite America's Cup Perkins from Lane 8 stuff, just because I always feel like we've got big game players who just, if one of them has a day out, you're a chance. Yeah, that's right. I was going in thinking if Marsh or Warner, or Head, yeah. or Maxwell has a big game. Or, or it's a real chance. But here's the thing. Head had a day out, but it was won by our bowling and our fielding. Yeah. Our suffocating fielding, our intent with the ball, our bowling changes, every single person contributed. I may or may not have watched the replay a couple of times. Mm. There are some subtle things that you don't see on the highlights, like the slower ball bounces early from Hazelwood that also rough up one side of the ball, which allow us to get the reverse swing later. The legacy is this is our greatest ODI moment, for sure. It's historic and it's rare. And the Indian exercise in propaganda failed. If they won it, we would look back and think this is the death knell of ODI World Cups. And now it leaves India in a bit of a pickle because they're in drought territory. The next time it rolls around, they wouldn't have won in 16 years. So, all in all, get that green Posca pen out and start ticking boxes. This was mint. Oh, oh, baby. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Effort, and we just wanted it more. That's how I look at it. Because of what our our fielding symbolised our effort. We wanted it more. We were going to do the things that no one else wanted to do. Statless things Mm. that get you over the line. quintessential 1%. That's what I thought won us this tournament. So, what have we learned, Mace? What have we learned? 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 I'll give Warner a shout. You know, I'm the first one to bag Warner out. He, the way he played this tournament, it was leadership. It was so composed. It was, The effort was unbelievable. I've never seen effort like that in the field from one bloke. Yeah, it was mint. He, he just made everyone feel better. Absolutely mint. Absolutely mint. And He was incredible. All right, so you learned that about Warner. What else have you learned? I've learned that Indian people do cry. They're usually always happy. Is that right? But it's good to see some sadness. It's That's an incredible, that for a country with such poverty, that is not only an incredible, vast, sweeping <laughs> generalisation, it's actually quite uplifting. I didn't realise that. That's great. That makes you feel a bit better about feeling good about them not being happy. 
what did you learn? <laughs> um, is this a learning? It's a relearning. Australia just win World Cups. It's what we do. They rock up and they win them. Haydos is still my favourite player of all time, but he's just doing oh. his best to lose that title. I've learned that it's not how you start, it's how you finish. Mm. And in this TikTok era of armchair experts throwing darts at the wall and destroying people in print, online, through ear holes, it's about winning at international level. And these guys deserve all the credit and plaudits. Yeah. And I hope they get them. And I've also learned Pat Cummins is probably in our best 11. P-A-T, my friend. Pat! All right, mate. Uh, how can people get in touch with us to tell us how great the Aussies are? Twitter, Instagram, maybe underscore underscore daily. That's maybe underscore underscore daily. Follow and like our shit, please. Follow and like our shit. We're also going to do a mailbag. That's the first you've heard of it, but we're going to be doing a mailbag Whoa, at the end of the year. I like it. I as like well as a top ten. It's going to involve some cricket and football. What else has happened this year? What should be in there? You tell us, guys. You set the agenda. Grab your ankles, get to the A-frame, <laughs> and use the lubricative force. Mason Tomain, thank you for cutting away on a hard out. I know you've got a big night and a big week. And, hey, we're World Cup winners yet again. I love you, and I need you to stay mint. Go Aussies. I love you. Stay very fucking mint. You. You. Okay, you know what's weird is that I was looking at you going like, oh, you've had a haircut. Oh, you've got a different background. Something's amiss. It's like, holy shit. I don't think I've ever seen your lip. My um, my upper lip yeah. has lost its skin colour. What do you it's mean? Just, I, mate, I, I, I'm colour. a little bit flummoxed. We spoke the other week about no eyebrows, but you look... How's the treatment going, mate? When's your next chemo? <laughs> like, I've never seen you without a moustache. Your teeth are so white. I've never seen your lip. Oh, I've, yeah, weirdly, I've watched that last scene in Tom Hanks a lot, that real when he's about to die, and he says, really? I'm ready. And then it goes into that really <sighs> eerie Neil Young song. It's fucking full on. Anyway. I haven't seen it. Anyway. <laughs> I haven't um, seen it. What, what made you, it. What, made you, what made you shave the mo? Well, I've got a, I've got a uh, great friend of the pod, Casey McCutcheon. Great friend. Oh, great. Probably the greatest friend of the pod. Probably the greatest Arguably friend. the greatest friend of the pod. He was up here in Newtown and said, oh, I just saw eight of you walk down the street. And I went... <laughs> it's funny hmm. you mention that because he messaged me on the weekend and said that he hugged no less than three people, hello, at the bar, and none of them were you. Little do you know you're incognito. I don't want to be sheep, Sonny. I don't want to be sheep. I want to be unique, like a unicorn. Is it because it's Movember and you refuse to have anyone take the thunder from your face? Well, I feel bad about that now that I did it during November. Really? And like, it's no, all I think it's good. You're drawing more attention to it <laughs> because you've had a mo your whole life and now you don't. It's like, whoa! At least you started a conversation. Well, do I look different? Younger? Yeah, yeah, you look different. Yeah. <laughs> you look like you're auditioning for Coneheads and you're going to get the role. What's something weird about it? Powder. You look 20 years younger. You look about 45 now. I don't reckon I've ever seen your lip. This is really yeah. throwing me. I know. I just thought, fuck Love it. it. I'm doing it. Fuck it. I'm doing it live. I'm doing it right now. The guy cut it really short and then he just said, what are you thinking? And I went, yeah, fuck it. Do it. And he went, yeah, let's fuck it. Whoa. He said, fuck it. Back. So you didn't even do it yourself. He said, fuck it back to me and as he was. <laughs> what barber is this? As he <laughs> just keeps saying, fuck it. As he was like blading it off, he was like, fuck it, fuck it, fuck it. Just kept saying, fuck it over and over. It was weird. <laughs> and then we fucked. That wasn't the weird part. Hey, I've got a, Yeah, awesome. <laughs> I've got a game we can play at some point. Yeah. But um, but maybe not today, but you can play it yourself. Spot a flow. <laughs> it's a little bit like that. I call it, uh, I don't actually have a name for it yet, but uh, I call it Bar Barber Barista. So basically, when you're walking down the street <laughs> with someone, you pick either, you know, you basically it's either a cafe, mm. a pub, or a hairdresser. Mm. And you say, right, don't look, Bar Barber Barista. 
and then you say the name, and it's always some hipster name, like, you know, Sheep Sheep Snip. And then you're like, it's actually a bar. Ah, oh, you fuckers. Oh, it's a cracker. Sheep of Sheep Snip. I'm all in. I didn't have an example. I wasn't ready for an example. I wasn't ready for No shop would ever be called that. If that's that. not a barber, we're in trouble. <laughs> all right, I'm going to get over your mo and we'll get stuck straight into it. What do you reckon? That's a New Zealander farmer who's being circumcised. So he's sheep, sheep, snip. Yeah. <laughs> cheap, cheap, snip. Cheap, cheap, sheep, sheep, snip. There's a, there's a vasectomy bloke called Dr. Snip. There is. That I'm pretty sure does 24-hour vasex. 24 hour and How desperate are you to get the snip at 3 in the morning? Having lots of sex, need some vasex. Hey, uh, all right. <laughs> Let's get all into right. it. We're short for time. Yeah. It's Pat! It's my boy, Pat! I love him to death. This man is a hunk. A hunk. 